Hey guys, this is uh this is a little bit of a long-winded one, so we broke it down into two parts. Raystake.com is something that I have been working on for many years, and it's kind of hard just to throw it at you at once. So check it out. Give it a listen and then come back for part two. I'm getting ready. In a world of entrepreneurship. I'm getting ready. Tony tells it how it is. I'm getting ready. As a restaurateur, she continues to disrupt. I'm, I'm getting ready. And bring us the fucking sauce. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Tony Calderon. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. <laughs> I always giggle at that. I don't know why. That intro just makes it's good. One. It makes me feel like Arsenio Hall is gonna run out. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um so yeah, that's uh the intro to this podcast. And this podcast is about me, Tony Calderon, and stories that I tell about the restaurant industry and overall entrepreneurship. And um Believe it or not, this is a little bit of a challenge to sit on a mic and talk to you <laughs> and expect that you're listening to me, whoever you are. But um, if you are tuning in, I want you to tell your friends and family about what I'm about to say. And it is a concept that has nothing to do with my restaurants and has everything to do with your restaurant if you're looking to start one or open another one or fund whatever it is that you're trying to do in the restaurant industry. And I like to call that my game changer. But by name, it's RaisedStake.com. And it's an equity crowdfunding platform that is being built right now. And um, it's geared towards startup restaurants because, let's be real, funding is impossible to get if you're in the restaurant industry. Right, Mom? That's correct. Mom's my sidekick in this. I hear it all. <clears throat> she does. And, um, you know, banks banks are what they are. So why don't we talk about banks for a second? Yeah. So um, banks. Does everybody know that banks use your money to go and find bigger investments? And then they pay you a percentage back on your money in the bank account that you opened? Like, they're a business. It's not like they have this virtual world that... Right. in a world that holds your money for you until you're ready to come pick it up. I mean, right. if I want to get $5,000 out of my account, I have to literally ask permission for it, yeah. give them 24 hours to get it for me, and then go pick it up. Yep. It's insane. It's because it's already leveraged and invested in something else. And then your money gets returned to you on a percentage, and you're like, oh, I made yeah. 50 cents in my account this month. Yeah, It's bullshit. And nobody really talks about it. Because it's just what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to bring your check to the bank to cash it and then trust them with it. But if I come to you as an entrepreneur bank, you look at me like I'm the crazy one. Well, you have everyday transactions like that. Most people have, you know, a couple hundred maybe. Yeah, but still those couple hundred are going into the bigger picture. So it's it's crowdfunding essentially. Correct. So a bank is opening up a storefront Mm -hmm. and they're saying, trust us with your money. We're the best because we live here too. Right? right, and they sell you versus the bank down the street on their interest loans and what we can get you, and then da da da, and look what we could do and for you, and like give us your account. Everybody's fighting over the same five people mm-hmm. in the banking world to deposit your money with them, 
And then banks literally take that money, leverage it and go buy or invest in maybe real estate. Maybe they're in the uh, insurance game. Whatever game they're in, they're investing in something. Yep. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them specifically do this. And they're, they're businesses, right? So they can't afford to give you your money right away because they have to figure out what account they're pulling it from in order to give it back to you. So, and then they expand to get more money invested. I say invested, but the word is deposited <laughs> mm-hmm. into their accounts or yeah. more accounts open so they have more money to leverage so they can make interest on that money and then they pay it back to you in a percentage. So that conversation's not really being had. I learned about this at a young age because dad started mortgage companies, right? Yeah. So my father started a mortgage company online before online mortgages were even a thing. Yeah. Right? Whole conspiracy story behind that. But (laughs) when he did that, he took over 250 offices all over Florida. And then most of the United States were signing on to this to be able to leverage the mortgage companies to be able to. He partnered with the real estate agent. Right. And he was a broker. Yeah. So he changed the game, but that's a whole other podcast. So what I'm getting at is that I learned how banks worked from a young age by hearing how he was researching and developing to find out how they worked in order to become or to file for a license to get a banking Mm -hmm. license. Right. So I paid attention. I was, what, 15, 16 when we were going through Mortgage One Online? Yeah. And, um, you know, paid attention. So I'm like, wait a minute. That's how it happens. That's how percentages are paid back. Because your money, how's your money making money? It doesn't make sense. Well, the business is the bank paying you back the money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm talking about this mostly in a conversation and less of a educating you. Like, look into it. It's out there. There's there's stuff that you could look up online now that'll teach you how banks actually operate. Mm-hmm. But they're playing with your money essentially. So Dad and I, over the years, you know started thinking about everybody putting their pool of money together to create a bigger uh, a bigger uh, splash, if you will. Because when you're in a startup phase or when you own any business, capital is the hardest thing to get. And you can go to one investor and you can ask for hard money loan, which is usually the most expensive money. And those investors will leverage or collateralize or take equity out of anything that you have Mm -hmm. to give you this money. And then they'll charge you 10, 15, 20% interest to pay them back this money. But you get the money up front. And that's what allows an entrepreneur to start their business. Mm -hmm. Because banks won't. (laughs) Banks have enough of their own entrepreneurial ways so they really pick and choose who they give loans to. Yeah. So you go to these hard money lenders. Now, who are the hard money lenders? People who have made their millions, and now they're looking to invest to make an even bigger return than what any bank could ever give them. More risk involved, higher interest. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's my alternative. I can go and I could find these sharks. Now, Shark Tank made it that that's a common verbiage mm-hmm. for the normal household right. to be able to have these conversations about Interest, compound interest, return on my investment, which is ROI. Uh, you could sit and talk about, you know, well, I'll give you 10% of my company for $100,000 and this is what we do. 
mm-hmm. and they pitch on Shark Tank. So they have made it now a common household conversation. Or prior to, that was really a conversation you had in a room with an investor who you were intimidated by because you're the entrepreneur and you're the one with the big vision and the big dream and you got to come in here and you got to sell it. But then you also have to tell them that you know numbers and you know margins and you know returns on investments. And it's a lot of, it's a lot to know, right? right? And then when you go in and you ask this big, usually rich old white guy, <laughs> no offense, <laughs> but that's what usually what it is. When you ask them, uh, to give you money, you pretty much have to do a song and dance and prove why you're worthy of it. And um, let's say you do get through all that hoop jumping and the deal does sound good. Then they ask for that money back. Okay, so now I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur just starting out. I have my rent. I have my utilities. I have everything written down in my business plan. I know what it's going to be because this business plan is like gospel, right? Mm -hmm. It's a guideline to what you think you might actually perhaps kind of do if things go according to plan. But before we get into that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors with my voice, of course. I'm getting ready. Hey, guys. If you're like me and you had no idea where to start with your podcast and you have an idea for it, let me suggest looking into Anchor. They help me out. It's a free creation tool that lets you record, edit, and distribute your podcast all from your phone or computer. So it's not so intimidating. Anchor will take care of all the distributing of your podcast so you can be heard on popular platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and there's so many more out there. You can even make more money off of your podcast with no minimum listenership. So there's no pressure of having to Figure out where you're going to get paid to do this. They take care of it all. Anchor's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you'd like to check it out, download it for free on the app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. I'm getting ready. But business plans are like the the holy grail in, in business mm-hmm. 101. Um, I like to think of it as a roadmap. Otherwise, I travel with a compass. <laughs> so um, I digress. But you get this business plan and you, you try to go by these performas that you put together, which are your numbers, your projections. So you have your rent, your utilities, which are your fixed costs and some variable costs in there. And then you have your labor and then you have your marketing and advertising and then you have your equipment and you have your build out expense and all of these expenses add up. So you use your hard money loan. Okay, so now your doors are open. You have to hope that you seat as many people as you are projecting in order to pay back all of those bills. Now add on a 20% bill that you're paying back to your investor on top of the money that you're trying to make and then try to feed your family at the end of the day. There's hardly any money in it. At all, because margins in a restaurant, national average, are 8 to 15% profit. So for sake of math, if you pull in 100 grand worth of sales, you're only going to make, if you're performing top-notch, watching all of your costs, you'll make $15,000. It's horrible. 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 And you can't, you can't live off of that. So if you're a little market stand, for instance, right. you can't live off. That's extra. That's your side hustle. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So what part of all of those numbers can we work with? The investor side, 
the money that you're getting. That's something that you can probably try to save money and that you don't pay that 20% back. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? How do you find money that doesn't cost you 20%? I mean, I'm talking real high return. But, yeah. but it's I, I've paid 18% when I opened up two Tonys. Yeah. That's the money. I, that's the percentage I paid back on the money I started two Tonys with. I didn't make anything for the first four years. Mm -hmm. I was just working to keep it open. Um, but that's something that needs fixed. There's a problem. It's my job to find a solution, right? It's just how my mind works. So in a world, <laughs> it's your problem. <laughs> yep. So, uh, my father and I would always have these conversations at home. You know that mm -hmm. we, we would as a family right. at the dinner table, Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. And, um, we would talk about, you know, problem solution. We, we weren't a family who talk, sat around and talked about sports or colleges or no, no, no. the weather or how was your day? Yeah. We we went in and talked about business from from the time I was bored until now even. Yeah. Cody's like, can we talk about anything but business? I'm like, no, I'm not programmed. <laughs> I don't have any friends because I don't know how to talk about it. I can't sit here and listen to stories about your dog for all night. I'm sorry. I, I love you, but we got to talk about business. So <laughs> we came up with ways to solve the problems of the world at that table. And um, one of them was the the crowdfunding part. So Kickstarter and GoFundMe uh, started hitting the market. And, I mean, we we were coming up in a great time where the Internet was just becoming a cool thing, right? Dad was like, oh, my God, I can get applications online for mortgages. I can get, like, 500 applications besides the two that I'm working hard as hell to go to this office to get signed, yeah. go to that office to get signed. I could just talk to all these realtors, and then when they're selling their houses, tell them to go online, give me all their applications, and we'll approve them on the spot. Let's go, let's go, let's go. This was before 2008. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was when all of this was happening. So that the great fall of all the mortgages, I was front and center to all of this shit happening. Mm -hmm. So cool. Another podcast. So um, <laughs> we're watching we're watching all of this development happen with Internet and how Internet is just making things possible now and how the world's going to change. And, um, you know, we're programmed to think ahead. So as a family, we start thinking ahead. Well, what if you're getting everybody's money together, just like they do with the banks? And instead of the banks getting all the money, now we're giving it back to the community because my dad was a big community person. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what if we're giving it back to the little guy? Fuck these big guys. They don't need any more fucking money. He's like, let's get it all. Let's get everybody to invest. Let's get the world to believe in it. And then we could start opening up gas stations that are crowdfunded and giving it back to the people who get gas it's there. We can, go to we can go to grocery Just stores yeah. and open up grocery stores that these people who invested in it in this community get kickbacks from what they're spending there. Stop giving it to corporate America. He was very passionate about not giving it to corporate America because <laughs> yeah. he spent his whole career getting squeezed out of right. corporate America because of corporate America. So um, I'm watching this. I'm watching this like tenacity and will and like passion and fire happening in our own house. Yeah. And uh, I'm what, 17, 18. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's freaking awesome. Let's do it. And he's like, I don't know how, but it, it's going to happen one day. And um, from there, I kind of adopted it as my baby. And I was like, I got to make this shit happen. That's so cool. So I move up here 
right? Mm-hmm. And I'm in Kodo. I'll never forget it. Remember yeah. the dry erase board story? Yeah, I remember. So he starts drawing these houses and he's like, okay, if you get $500 from each of these people, it's a lot of money to these people. But if you get $500 from all of these houses, how fast is that up to the money you need to open up something? And I was like, quick. He's like, you don't have to sell your soul to some guy in the conference room. You get money from the community you're already serving. Mm -hmm. And then instead of giving this guy 20% to sit in his bank account to go buy more investments for this bank, Mm -hmm. give it back to these guys. You got to give this percentage back anyway. Why not give it to the community you're already feeding? And I'm like, my head explodes. And I'm like, wow, that could be incredible. Because now... I'm not asking for $100,000 from one person. I'm asking for it over a community mm-hmm. and only asking for 200 bucks a pop, 2,500 max right. per household to invest in something that you want to see happen in your community. And instead of me giving that percentage back to a bank, I will give it to you. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's contributing to the success of the place. Right. I have built in foot traffic. Mm-hmm. I have built-in marketing with word of mouth. You're telling your friends and family to go to that restaurant because you have ownership in it. Right. Right there, I just knocked out my marketing budget. Right? Right. Now, you have community involvement, which is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. There's a sense of pride. There's no corporate structure coming into my city because now it's publicly built. It's for the community by the community. Now, you've given all of these different entrepreneurs who otherwise wouldn't start a chance because you're giving them a way to make this money to contribute to a better footprint for your community. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like a, it's like a, what? <laughs> Why isn't anybody doing this yet? So honestly, it couldn't be done. It couldn't be done until 2016. So from the time that I lived in Kodo, my dad did the dry erase and I still have the video yeah. of a re- reenactment of it when I was older. Um, And uh, from that time, that was, what, 2009, the law changed in 2016. So I hit the ground running after 2009 and learning what this meant to do crowdfunding and what is this community initiative? How could I make it possible? You can't just open up a website and start doing this. There are guidelines. SEC regulates everything with money online. So there's not a Ponzi scheme, right? I'm not collecting money and not ever opening up this restaurant. So there's a lot of liability behind it. Then there's a lot of explanation of what the hell do you mean? What do you mean you want to take money and crowdfund and da 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 da? Well, crowdfunding's been going on since biblical days, like Roman times. People put their money together in the town to create buildings and infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So it's nothing new. The Yorktown Hotel here was actually built on that. Right. A bunch of investors put their money together and then got the rest of the funding from the community and they built the hotel. So it's been going on. It's nothing that I have to retrain. It's just a story I have to tell. I have to tell people in the community what the hell I'm talking about. Well, now Kickstarter and GoFundMe are possible before 2019 because they're donation based. Mm-hmm. So you can donate your money to anybody and get a re- like a keychain or a T-shirt. <laughs> but I, I didn't want to do that. I want you to have equity in what I'm doing because there's more sense of pride to that you could say you own a piece of that and I'm okay with that I need you to feel that way anyway to come eat with my at my restaurant in your community correct is there like um equity funds out there in real estate and stuff yeah you don't know what's going on well there there have always been equity funding now don't get me wrong you have to be vetted 
You have right. to have perfect, like you have to have great credit. You have to have substantial amount of liquid. Yeah. You have to you have to be a vetted investor in order to be able to put your money together. They exist. Right. I'm talking about normal everyday small guy mm-hmm. who has no idea how to invest, no idea what that world looks like, and doesn't have a perfect credit score. Doesn't make more than fifty thousand dollars a year. Like that guy. What they can afford to invest. Correct. So you could in feel their like community. You could feel, I know that I never felt like I could be an investor. Right. I felt like, well, I got to be successful yeah. before I can invest in anybody. But yeah. the, but the, the internet is changing that. Right. So um, I saw it coming. 2009, I heard it, rumblings, finding the right people to talk to in that world. Um, nobody knew. Nobody. It's, it's still, nobody really knows what's going on. It's a wild west. 